for accepting my LinkedIn invite the, the, the other day. I learned, I learned so much from, from looking at your LinkedIn profile. Hello to everyone on Zoom as you all pile in. And hello to everyone on social media. Anyone who's ever watched any of these uh, HDB Talking Leader broadcast series uh, with myself and the HDB gang, um, you know I've got the bank, bank of lights, Kirsty, behind. Um, it's a bit like a Formula One starting grid. And it okay. tells me when Facebook, uh, Twitter, YouTube, I've forgotten one, um, come, they all come on at diff, different um, different, oh. different, different timings, which is bizarre because they're all virtually owned by um, the, the same person. Kirsty, whilst we wait for Facebook to go live, do you want to just introduce yourself? Yeah. A few thousand people. Uh, that sounds daunting. Um, firstly, hi to the the twelve of you who are here in Zoom with Max and I. Thank you. Um, I'm Kirsty. I am the founder of a business called School of Facilitation. I geek out on anything to do with workshops, geek learning, out, and development. Excellent. Okay, we're all live on social media. So, so Kirsty, shall we, shall we figuratively hold hands? Yes. Uh, see whether we've got our we've got our esteemed uh, colleague um, Amy from the HDB joining us, but we think she might be stuck in traffic, so we're going to have a bit of jeopardy, and she's going to segue in and a little. <laughs> she's going yeah, to shock. We'll just shock, go with it. She's, she's going to have the shock of her life when she piles on in uh, on here. And uh, yeah, Kirsty, we, we've got a few people coming in on on Zoom, but there's already 575 online looking at us. Oh my god. I should, should have got my, my hair cut. Right, come on, let's, Kirsty, let's do this properly. Beanstalk Global and the AHDB Talking Leaders Series with Kirsty Lewis, founder of the School of Facilitation, discussing a business is never too small for effective communication. Um, and Kirsty, as we were saying in the green room, I think this bit is so um, important because uh, we, we'll, we'll talk about it in a bit more detail, but the fact that you've been aligned to, to some really big businesses, but also some little businesses um, I, that's why I'm really excited about having this conversation so that we can learn from you within our agri-leader um, community as to as to what you're picking up so we can pick up the, the skill sets. So we know how important it is to be inspired by both big businesses and individuals, which is why we're excited to present Talking Leaders. This is a monthly initiative which sees a set of uh, inspirational speakers share their life experiences and deliver impactful stories to the agri-leader community. In our February broadcast, we're delighted to be joined by Kirsty Lewis, um, and for those on the on the on the podcast as well as on the social media platforms, you'll know that I always give a bit of a, a, a background as to who our uh, speaker is, so you can find out a little bit more. And we're doing this in, the, in quite a quirk, quirky manner this time, Kirsty. Kirsty, I'm going to be you. So a bit about Kirsty and the School of Facilitation. Hi, I'm Kirsty, founder of the School of Facilitation, a dream I first journaled on in 2007. Love that word, journal. I was seeking camaraderie in the world of facilitation, working with corporates for the majority of my career, and I was filling the pool of real connection and people who just got it. But where would I find them? After months and months and years and years of soul searching and web scoring, I realized that the solution uh, was within me. In 2014, the School of Facilitation welcomed its first members having been gradually formulating in the background for some time. By 2017, we were supporting and encouraging facilitators and corporations from around the world. I've worked with powerhouse brands and household names such as Diageo, Chanel, to name but a few. My, my own personal facilitation journey spans decades, and I've worked for myself for much of that time. I understand the trials and tribulations of going it alone, being an associate or facilitating within a corporate structure, because I've experienced these facets myself. Kirsty, is that a good description of, of yourself? <laughs> is it the third you person first? I, I think we need to like just let all your listeners and viewers know that this is what good copywriters do. So I gave, and, and this is about communication, isn't it? So if you'd asked me to describe what I do, I'd have said something similar, but it's amazing what a copywriter does. Um, so when we're talking about communication today, we can look back at that. But yes, that is what I do. I 
I train other people to be really great facilitators, um, learner, creating workshops and um, yeah, and communication is a fundamental part of being able to run a workshop or stand up in front of a group of people and enable them to to learn. And Amy, who's just joined us, was one of those people. Aha. So so and Amy's just se segued in. Amy, say hello to everyone. Over to you. <laughs> Hi. Sorry I'm late. Hi, everybody. Hi, Kirsty. Nice to see you. Very excited yeah. about this chat. We were just, I've just come from a meeting where we've been talking about communication, so it's very timely. Excellent. So, uh, excuse, excuse my spotlight. So, just uh, got that that figured out. And Amy, do you, do you want to just give a bit of a background um, on the AHDB? Um, I, I know that everyone within, within the sector will will be aware, but there'll be some people who potentially would love love to be AHDB uh, members, or we might have some of our overseas people dialing in who would like like to have a bit of an understanding. Amy, over to you. Who who are the AHDB, and what do you do within the organisation, please? So AHDB is the levy board. So we don't have a membership as such. Anybody that is a, a food producer in the beef and lamb, pork, cereals and all seeds and dairy sector will pay a levy to us. So we then put that into um, various different things that help the industry. So exports, domestic marketing. We do a lot of market intelligence, price reporting, horizon scanning. Um, education work, so working with schools um, and building resources for teachers, uh, animal health and welfare, genetics, and then my team is the knowledge exchange team, so we deal directly with the, with the farmers, um, sort of transferring research into best practice on farm and that and that kind of thing. So yeah, that's the HDB in a nutshell. Amy, well done. And Kirsty, you, you just asked um, on, online on our chat to open up the chat room. The way that it works with uh, with, with us, Kirsty, if you've got any any questions for Kirsty or Amy, just pile on in on the on the Q and A um, on Zoom, or if you're on social media, just uh, uh, use the social media um, elements to ask any questions, and I'll I'll forward them over to uh, to Kirsty and uh, and Amy. So I was just thinking about the best way of um, of of starting this this chat, and um, I sort of alluded to the to this Kirsty in our little green green room. I was on the train yesterday going to London for a for a meeting and, and I, I bumped into a farming mate um, of, of mine so I'm in Suffolk in Bury St Edmunds and we all use the same train from Cambridge um, down into to King's Cross and I hadn't seen this chap in a good two three years and he farms about um, two two thousand hectares all arable and he'd say oh Max what are you up to and he knows of, a, of, of what my sort of day job is um, communication wise and marketing wise and I said that we had you on Kirsty and we then talked about him as a, as an individual, as a, as a farmer and his business. So he's a sort of a fairly typical farmer in a way. He's in his mid fifties. Um, did did a degree at um, Science Sester. Amy and I went to another uh, established institution. Amy, didn't we? Um, up up in uh, up in Shropshire. Um, but but as he said, the problem that he's always had with his business is in thirty odd years of taking on the farm from his father, he's never had a day's training in his life. He's never, apart from anything that's been legally binding, had any of his 15 team members um, go out for any formalized training and communication. Um, he was never taught communication. He was never taught for facilitation at, uh, at college, at, at university, and he's never picked it up any, anywhere else. And so he feels that he's a bad communicator, a bad facilitator, but he also feels that the rest of his team are, are pretty poor um, as well. And I think this is, oh, Amy, I'm gonna say this fairly endemic within our sector, that we're, it's not that we're totally unsophisticated, but we're not as progressive as perhaps some other sectors who who are less uh, time time poor and perhaps have more mm -hmm. margin returns so they can do more investment. Amy, help me. Do you, do you think mm -hmm. that our sector, agriculture, um, it, it could could better the, ourselves communication facilitation wise. Amy, what do you think? 
Yeah, 100%. I think a lot of it comes from the fact that um, a lot of our farmers are, are working in a family business. So, you know, that's not necessarily viewed as a team the same way as the team at AHDB would be viewed or anybody that Kirsty works with would be viewed. And I think, um, I mean, Kirsty will go into this, but communicating with families adds a whole different dimension anyway to communication. Um, never mind how people actually view view that and, and the training needs that come with it. Yeah, well, well said. And and and, and Kirsty, oh, we're throwing lots at you today. That we we had a stat from one of these previous talks that of the family farms in the UK, it's it's a it's an amazing but horrible stat that one third of them don't have any succession planning, don't have any wills set in place because they're, they're again, Amy, help me on, on this one. It's almost as if they're too frightened to talk over the kitchen table about Dad, you're not going to be here forever. Mum, you're not going to be here forever. What should we be looking to do for the farm? There's there's three, four brothers, sisters here. How, so we, we're always been pretty poor. Oh, um, not pretty poor. We, we need to better ourselves on that facilitation side. But also, just to say, some of the funds that we deal with, Kirsty, there's a lot of um, excitement, um, new money coming into, into, into farming, horticulture and fresh produce. Some of those funds that I, I work with, I wouldn't say they're, they're the best um, communicators because they're, they're all corporate and they're trying to talk to uh, Mr. And Mrs. Miss Farmer. And, and, and there's this, uh, um, the, 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 there's this cultural uh, di difference between the two. They're not talking, talking the same language. So Kirsty, oh my God, where do we start with this one? Just so we've got all these issues. We're, we're not the best of communicators. We're not the best of facilitators. Help us, Kirsty. What do we do? Um, so should we start with a very simple, like, what do we think communication is? Go. I think that might be the best thing. So if you think about, if someone said to you, what is communication? And you had a little think, so there's however many of you out there. Like if someone said to you, what is communication? Feel free to write into the, the okay. chat on YouTube or wherever you're listening. But communication is either you say something, you do something, or you write something. Those are the three ways that you can communicate. So through your voice, through your written word, or through your body language. And I think it's as simple as that. And so your voice then has pace, it has tone, it has the kind of words that you choose to use, um, how loud you speak, how quiet you speak. But what's really interesting is we communicate all the time. So there's a really great phrase, you cannot not communicate. So I am, I'm envisaging that there's some of you out there who um, waters run deep, you have great poker faces, you probably <laughs> think you're not giving anything away to anybody yet. You're always communicating. So whether it's a shrug of a shoulder, a roll of an eye, um, an, an intonation in your voice. And what I've noticed over my time is communication is one of the things that we do all the time, but we never stop to think about how am I communicating with someone else? We just open our mouths and say something. We we just use our body language without thinking about it. So I think there's opportunity for everybody if we just start to slow down and think and feel what we want to say or what we want to do, we can start making some simple adjustments. Thank you. And and do you think this this scenario of of perhaps not not understanding the fundamentals of, of communication is is in let, let's look, look at the UK, is industry wide. Yeah. Um, or have I just been giving agriculture a hard time? No, I think it's industry wide. And but 
what is probably different is um, I come from a very traditional corporate background. I used to work for Guinness, and I'm sure some of your listeners, viewers know know the a good pint of the black stuff. <laughs> but we were we were coached continuously how to communicate, how to talk to people. We were sent on workshops. Mm-hmm. We were told our managers would help us if they saw an opportunity for us to improve and get better. I think that is the only fundamental difference. It's not like we we all know how to do this um, it, we need some help like it's not just natural yeah and that's a really good example that you make about guinness uh, or, or help me here uh, who, who are now owned by diageo correct um, i always use the example of um, diageo in comparison to agriculture and uh, fresh produce horticulture diageo don't touch anything unless it makes a minimum of 70 percent margin return um so that's that's a uh, I, I know it's slightly different say selling milk to to um yeah. whiskey because it's it's a uh, high, high value low, low low volume but it's almost um as if they've got better people in their teams that they have they've taught them they've educated them educated them as to as to how to run a business and to get the the, the best out of it whether that be yeah. marginal or, or the or the best out of, out of people but what, what do you think was the catalyst within the likes of guinness diageo to Kirsty, what can we learn from them that we can put into our businesses? Oh, my God. There's so many different routes here. Um, What could you learn? Can I just go backwards, uh, Max, because I feel like we're dancing all over the place. So Max might have a very different um, communication style to someone like Amy, to someone like Mark, who you may have, you might may remember. He's skiing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So one of the things I got taught first is when it comes to communication, Um, is you need to understand yourself so we all need to start by understanding ourselves so how do how do I like to communicate and there are some there are some differences and if I was just to divide us and I know people don't like boxes and pigeonholes but it's just helpful for us to like get some personas of style of communication so there's one style of communication would be Max and myself we talk a lot we wave our hands around sometimes you can't stop people talking um we gesticulate with our hands our volume goes up and down it sounds like we're talking nonsense at times because we're just so enthusiastic about a subject when we want to talk about how's the family first before we get down to business so that would be max and i then let's take amy who's with us amy is equally an extrovert but amy would be like okay how are we going to do this today how are we going to make this happen tell me three things that i need to go and do so Amy's very logical in how she communicates. She's very, sounds sometimes like she's talking in bullet points and her body language will be almost quite short and sharp and to the point. Doesn't mean to say she can't do the social conversation and the mellowness, but her preference preference is to get down to business and sort stuff out and get to action. So that's Amy. We then have... So we are all extra at that energy that you see out there. And I'm guessing some of you who are listening to this right now or watching are going, yeah, that's me. I can relate. Or you're going, oh, my goodness me, those people irritate me because they just don't know when to be quiet. We then have the introvert. So someone with introverted energy draws on themselves, basically. They don't need to be around everybody else every single day. And in introverted preferences, we see a calmer, quieter communicator. We see someone in there's two different stars. There's the one that's very thoughtful and they will use everything in their head first and they won't necessarily want to speak until they think what they have to say is 
perfect, has meaning and is relevant. And they will talk in a quiet, calm tone of voice. They might not make a lot of eye contact with us because again, it's all about what's going on in here. Um, so Mark Campbell, who's not with us, that is his preference. And then we have a, a fourth preference, which is equally introverted, but it's more people orientated. So that person is gonna be saying, how are you? Like, what's going on? Talk to me about yeah. the business. They are also though not going to put themselves forward in a conversation. Um, and if there was someone like that with us right now, they would defer to you, Max, to me and to Amy. They would let us speak first because of our natural extrovert energy. So we've just got four types there. Now, we know there's a multitude of different styles and you get combinations of all those four. I want you to imagine now, we all speak English on, on here, potentially as a first language, a second language. When you put those types of people in a room together, you can get total mismatch because of how we communicate, how we receive the information. And that is where it becomes really fascinating. So we start off by understanding ourselves and our preference for our communication. The second step is working out how do others in my team like to communicate? Yeah. So it's a really good thing to stop and pause and go, well, how do other people do this in my team? Like, what do they need? How do they like to be spoken to? How do they, how do they show up when they're in front of me? Yeah. And, yeah. and, from there, you can then think about, so how do I then flex my style when I'm talking to somebody else? So yeah, I'm not asking you to change, please don't change, but it's a flex of yeah. style. Yeah, there's a great example of this. It's the Agri-Leader, AHDB Agri-Leader Forum three weeks ago in Manchester. They had this amazing motivational speaker called Marcus West. Um, and and uh, he he travels the, the the world giving motivational um, talks. And there's a, a great anecdote of um, when he was a, a teacher. He was in North Essex, and he had a, a bunch of kids in front of him who were deemed no no hope as the school hadn't had much success in in O levels uh, back then. And he was saying all about picture where where you want to be. And uh, one of the kids there wanted to be a chef. And so Marcus said, right, you want to be a chef? Let's get a picture of a chef. We'll cut out that that uh, chef's head. We're going to put your picture there instead and put that up in your bedroom just look at it every day every day and it, it's gonna it's gonna focus your energy and this kid said no i'm not doing that two weeks later this kid did do it who was it jamie oliver so so marcus had this this uh track record of um the, the reason for, for bringing marcus in he gave this example of his daughter during, during the middle of um uh the, the pandemic had lost her job um she's running a restaurant with her with her boyfriend um and uh jeremy clarkson came came on and uh, Jeremy just opened his uh, restaurant area in his Diddley Scott farm shop. And it was an utter disaster. Too many people and the food was. Um, and uh, so uh, his uh, Marcus's daughter said to the, the father, because they're all living together during, during COVID. Um, oh, I, I could help. I could help Jeremy. I could I'd help him. And Marcus said, oh, why don't you just email him? Well, he'd never return the email. Have a go. Just find his email on the on the, um, on the Internet. 24 hours later, the, his daughter was in front of Jeremy Clarkson. Jeremy Clarkson wanted her and her boyfriend there that night to start offering food. And she said, we can't do that, but we can do it in 10 days time. And Jeremy said, right, can you have a bar um, and can you have um, um, food, food offering? And they said, yes, no, not a problem. Um, so they, they're like you and me, Kirsty, optimistic. We can do everything. They come back. Marcus's wife is a management consultant. And uh, she got wind of this and said, right, what you need is a Gantt table. 
Amy, I don't even know what a Gantt table is, but they were, mm. they were um, having the, the uh, Marxist wife was laying this all out saying, well, there's no way it's going to take 33 days to source a van, uh, 31 and a half days to source, source the beer. And Marcus said, um, Mrs. West, don't worry, let them do it. It all, all gets sorted out. And they all got it done. They got a van. They got uh, the, the rest of the world sorted within 10 days. And if you look at um, uh, Diddley Squat Farm, they're still there prospering i think they've got like 15 units now all because um they they had that uh that that, that communication that facilitation and we're, we're, we're a bit trepidatious but they went for it and they just just, just got on with it so i love yeah. and that bit just coming back to how do i like to communicate so do you think um our, our, let's call them our leaders our, our people who are running um the the, the farms and businesses that, that are dialed in do you think they should be looking at themselves with that question, how do I like to communicate? And their teams, how do they like to communicate? Yeah. And Kirsty, should they be asking them? Yes. Why? Definitely. So um, I don't like to, there's a, there's a lot of us on this call. I don't like to put it to you, but we're not mind readers. We're bloody good at what we're good at, farming, facilitation, training, but we are not mind readers. And it's so tempting to think, that we know what is best for other people. It's just it's just a common trait. However, when you're thinking about how can I get the best out of another person, honestly, ask them. Yeah. Like okay. sit down, um, have a one-to-one -one is what we would call it in the corporate world. You might just call it have a cup of tea or walk, walk a field. I yeah. tell you what, walking, walk around a field, walk around your farm, you'll get more out of each other than you will sitting opposite each other in a in a table formal setting yeah. and and just have a conversation like like what how do I like to communicate like answer that question like what do I notice and and if the person opposite you is like and even if you're thinking right now what is she bloody on about it's things like I for me I like to talk about things out aloud I like to talk about ideas so Amy and I often have a catch-up and we just talk through ideas because we have got that preference and that style Whereas someone like Mark, he he likes to write very detailed emails, very detailed emails, because he does his thinking in his head and then he writes it down and then he'll talk about it. Other people you might know want you to talk to them at the start of the day and share what, what needs to be done on the farm and agree some some steps, some actions. Others are, might go, do you know what? Just write it up on that flip chart or that whiteboard for me. And I will come in, I will read. If I've got any questions, I'll ask you. But you don't need to talk at me because I've I've been doing this for a hundred odd years. So some other people might be, you know, the younger generation, send me a text, send me a WhatsApp actually. In the UK, we're about WhatsApp. Use yeah. WhatsApp, send me a WhatsApp and just tell me, what you need me to do this week. And then I'll keep that and I will revert back to it. But yeah. ask your team, what do they prefer? Because how how you show up, I can guarantee a third, a quarter of your team will be different to you. Yeah, yeah. I've just had, had a, a WhatsApp from a, a contact of mine, John in uh, in Kent, ask Kirsty my predicament. And because I knew he's going to ask this. So, so he's got quite, quite a large team. Uh, this 60, 60 year old, he's been on the farm for, uh, for 40 50 years and and um john takes on three four graduates um uh, uh, a year they, they do six yeah. months a, a year placement he's got a problem with um the the younger generation because he feels that they're not good communicators because they're relying too much on 
text messaging, what WhatsApp. Yeah. So he so he's having to communicate with a six year old in a certain manner. He's it's sort of having to be a chameleon. Um, and yeah. then he's got this problem. He can't he can't communicate with this um, with the, with his thoughts. How, how do how do we get around so, that? So um, to begin with, with I think you does he have the grads one at a time? No, they're all together. That's okay. Um, I would I would get them into a space either in a room or um, somewhere on the farm that you're comfortable and they're comfortable and have a conversation like this. Just be, start start the conversation. So we're, we're, we're farming, but we need to communicate. We're a team. There is X number of us. These are some of the common ways that we communicate in on, in a, on our farm in terms of we do a weekly meeting or we yeah. do a monthly meeting or we have a quarterly conversation. Um, I will be having one-on-ones with you, but these happen voice to voice. This happens face to face. Yes, I can put instructions for you on a text yeah. message as your reference point, but a good farmer, a good manager is able to have face-to-face -face conversations. We sometimes have to lead by example. They might wrestle and fight against it, but you know, to get the best out of your people, you need to be able to speak to them. And so yeah. I think it's an acknowledgement as well with them and saying to them, you know, yes, absolutely. You, the younger generation have a preference for just texting because that's safer because there's no need to like look someone in the eye, but yeah. you need to probably have a conversation about it. It's not berating them, but you could almost approach it by like, help me understand what stops you from wanting to talk. Yeah. Like Amy, you're, you're, very well traveled within within the sector have you got any examples of where you've seen really good communication really good facilitation within within agriculture we come on Amy we want to learn from you yeah. as well I mean it happens it, it, it happens all the time a lot of the, the farmers that I work with are dealing in family situations rather than with staff in because I'm in the beef and lamb sector it's very common um exactly as Kirsty said people are not mind readers that's the biggest thing um I think one of the biggest sort of issues that I hear in family communication is that is that people think it's too emotional in families. People get angry. People let go of their emotions more easily. Well, yeah, that is the case because that is what communication is. You're trying to get across a point or your feelings or, you know, you're trying to trying to tell somebody something. Um, and actually, the way in which you deliver that has an impact on the, the person that you're speaking to's reaction. And that is your that's your doing. That's not their doing. So that was just one thing I wanted to bring up with Kirsty. Like if you are dealing with sort of quite high emotional situations and they maybe don't need to be, it's maybe just a cycle that that family's got into, which is quite often the case. Have you got some examples of like <laughs> ways to um, diffuse like what sort of phrases would you be using to diffuse those situations so things <laughs> that come to my mind are like i feel this i think this rather than it being a this is the case sort um, of thing. so if you know you so working in family and it's the same in family business as well you have that additional layer of um the we call them unwritten rules in families we have this unwritten rule about loyalty well, you're part of this family. You have this surname. Therefore, you should behave in a certain way. Well, we have ancestral um, behaviors that come through. Go with me, everyone on the woo woo here. It's just in your DNA. Some I like I walked up the stairs today and thought, God, I'm like my mother. <laughs> Mum's been dead for 12 years, but I was feeling oh, like yes. my mother. There was just some thoughts. I was like, what? Where did that come from? So you've got loyalty to your family. There's also this piece around you. You've got a sense of belonging. Well, I have a right to be here. I have a right 
to um, be working on the farm or I'm going to have the right to run the farm because um, that's what's always happened. Um, there's also an element in families uh, can happen around secrecy. Um, again, we have the, the family secrets, things that cannot be discussed, mm -hmm. um, people who cannot be spoken about, classic language of black sheep. And these are all unwritten rules and people don't like to talk about, but people don't talk about them because we make massive assumptions that we should know the family rules. So you've got that before you even get into how do we want to run the business? Now, <laughs> some things you can do, especially if you've got the, there's often a, an invitation for the younger generations to say, you've got, you've got one of two options. You either continue, you continue to behave like your family has always behaved, like mum and dad, like grandma, like grandpa, great grandparents, and, and we do what we've always done. Or we've got the invitation in our lifetime to rewrite the chapter, to change some things. Now, we all know change is, is, is naturally hard. And especially with families, you've got this, these other layers of belonging and loyalty that are thrown in. So to say all of that, there is... <laughs> I'm not going to say proceed with caution, but I think it's how do you start those conversations and it's how do you invite the conversation in that you want to talk about. So I think you need to choose your choose the topic that you want to talk about and slowly work your way into it. So firstly, it's very easy to say, I think, I feel, but that makes it emotive. I, I would even be going, I am noticing on okay. in our family we have a preference for dot 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 so i am noticing a preference for or i am sensing every year we have this this conversation it's really interesting isn't it what why how do we always get to the same point of the year and have the same conversation i wonder what yeah. could we do differently next year yeah, yeah. And, and and you're trying to neutralize the language so you're not going dad every year we get to harvest and the same thing happens because you're pointing a finger and that individual then suddenly might go like yep. they'll retreat backwards. And it's finding some of that more neutral language. And also the other thing I say to people when they want to have these types of conversations is how do you set yourself up for success? Because it is a bit, it is nerve wracking. You need to put your big boy and big girl pants on <laughs> and take a deep breath because you are potentially going to be saying some things that have never been said in the family before. Yeah. And yeah. you are, you are leading by example on that and yeah. therefore allowing yourself to work through what you're going to say and, and what you want to say. And even just writing yourself some notes or writing those questions down of what, what is going on right now? What could we do differently? How can we do this together? Um, what changes do we want to make and using yeah. the we language can it be really easy to go i think we should do this i yeah. think we should do that and that doesn't help either yeah uh thomas from cornwall do you have a book i, no. I, I, I think he's a mark character he'd love love to read a, a Tom, thomas my, my question would be is this a book on i don't have a book personally but um a book on communication yeah hold on i have my can i talk to amy i'll just um find some books um, Amy, I'm just going to give, give another example. So sorry if you missed that, Amy. So we just had uh, Thomas from Cornwall saying, have, have, uh, is there a book? Yeah, uh, I that, heard that, you. Sorry. That, that, I that Thomas could 
shuffled out of the room that I was in. Apologies. <laughs> no problem. I'm, I'm, I mean, we know you're on. We know you're on the bounce. So you got you got another another meeting to go to. So we'll we'll, we'll, we'll just wave your hand when we need to leave leave you. Um, Amy, really interesting point that um another contact of mine just um asked because he I know his situation. So he he's a big farm. They've got twenty four shareholders within within this farm, and yeah. and lots of different directions and lots of different uh, motivations. And they had been trying to do as Kirsty um, stated about having yeah. this open communication internally but they came to the point of having to call in a professional calling yeah. in the Kirsty to to facilitate and even with, with that in, uh, individual on board it took 18 months uh, to get the whole thing sorted out but then it was then sorted out it was restructured and everyone's in a far better place so the question is from Mark when 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 do Amy and Kirsty think that it's appropriate to bring in a professional uh, on the basis that you can't create the solution yourself Amy what do you think? there's no shame in doing that at any stage like well I actually think that's I think that's an awesome thing to do because people don't want to see don't see the investment as worthwhile and then they try and sort out themselves and it just gets worse and worse until it's really really difficult to resolve especially in family situations but like in a business that size that's money well spent surely like there'd be no businesses outside agriculture that would think twice about bringing in a professional to help yeah. manage that situation so yeah, at any stage. If you think you can, if you think you're struggling and you can't do it on your own, then bring somebody in. Yeah. Kirsty, yeah. your view? Um, I would say that don't wait till it's painful. Yeah. But do it as soon as. So if any of you are listening or watching and you're potentially taking over a business or you're stepping into a, into a leadership role, um, on your on the farm, I would be thinking right, what can I do from the beginning? Like what how how do I bring my team together how how do we want to work together and and get them to have that conversation like start it sooner rather than later and if you need someone to support you to do that I think that's a brilliant signal that you're sending don't see it as a I can't do this I need to work this out myself you're great farmers there are people out there who can do communication high performing team conversations let them help you help your team it yeah. changes the whole dynamic as well, doesn't it, Kirsty? Bringing in yeah. an external person, it just changes the whole dynamic and puts in a positive people a bit way. more at ease. Yeah, in a positive way, exactly. Yeah, just put, puts people a bit more at ease and a bit, I suppose, stops those emotions from running quite as high, I think, sometimes, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Um, Matt, you asked about um, the gentleman in who asked about books. Tom, Thomas and Cornwall. Thomas, hey, Thomas. Um, a book I would recommend, and I think it could be interesting, is How to Have Meaningful Conversations. Okay. By, by Sarah Rosen Tula. We might need to write that in the show notes. <laughs> okay, got it. But how she talks about seven different types of conversations or seven strategies. And I think that would be really helpful for anyone, uh, both from a family or even a, as a, a farm leader. And then this one just jumped out the shelf. I want you to go with me on this. So it's called First Time Leader. And it's by a friend of mine called Gillian Davis. Now it's a business book. However, it's written for people who are the like a line manager for the first time. And I just want to give you all some reassurance that even in the world of corporate, over 40 percent of managers have never had any training. Yeah. I mean, so wow. this isn't this isn't just systemic to um, and communication training. So th what I like about this book, it helps people to go through and look at if you were a leader, which all of you are who are listening, whether you're a leader of one, a leader of two, a leader of five, 60, how do you talk about behaviors, relationships, attitudes, values, and the environment? 
And I just think there would be absolutely no harm in picking up some okay. of this. And again, for those of you reading, might not be your think podcasts. There's so many good podcasts out there now to help us hear other people's stories that can give us some inspiration and some ideas. And I'm now racking my brain as to which ones to recommend to you. So, and, and also, guys, can I just cross cross a line? Um, I'm going to go back to my farmer friend yesterday. Yes. Uh, he he says that they have a a lot of friends come up and and, and stay in a beautiful uh, uh, Suffolk uh, Suffolk farmhouse. And it's got great views. And the, and the people always come down on a Sunday morning for breakfast and they say, oh, it's amazing views. And as he said, this individual, when I look out of the window, I just see problems. I can see cattle that need to be fed, hedgerows yeah. that need to be cut, crops that aren't, aren't growing. So for, for most people in UK industry, they can get away from uh, the, the day to day. I'm just going to say it. We've got one of the highest suicide rates in in, um, in UK uh, in industry. And so right. this whole thing about... Um, communication facilitation. Um, Amy, I love what you you said when we lost Kirsty into book, bookshelf about um, uh, about yeah, don't delay. If you're if you need professional advice to help on the whole communication facilitation point, don't don't delay. Oh yeah. Help. So so, so um, Amy, can you just do me a favour? Can you just um, read out what Paul said on the chat because that's quite oh. interesting. Hang on a minute. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Ready, Paul. Oh, Paul Harris. Okay, I've published a book called Happy Team, Happy Farm, which is a story about a farming, farming family battling with their communication challenges. I'm not trying to promote my book on the on the webinar, but we won't. <laughs> we work in this area all the time. Didn't know that. Paul. Brilliant. Happy Team, Happy Farm. Yeah, so, so uh, the, the other bit I was, I was going to um, mention the, 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 Kirsty, when you say about podcasts, um, we, we've talked about it before in these Talking Leaders series, that the better people we come across, the better leaders spend 25% of their time thinking. And I suppose that's something that, that's unique within, within farming. Whether you're milking a cow, uh, whether you're plowing a field, whether you're taking sugar beets into, into the factory, you've actually got quite a lot of time there to, to think. And perhaps rather than listening to talk radio, to listen to a podcast or or just to help me, Amy, Kirsty, if you think this is a as appropriate but i've got this communication issues i've got this hour drive to to the to, to the sugar beet plant how how can i crunch this who who can i talk to I've got a phone who, who can i bounce yeah. ideas off i I, yes. I haven't spoken to jeffrey down, down the road for ages i know Absolutely. he had a similar um, a similar so, max one of the things so i work like you i have a, um, a small business and i work on my own but i have a team extended team and what i have started to create are pockets of people that I can lean on to talk to about different elements of my business. And so I, I've got a WhatsApp group with three other um, business owners of different sizes. I've probably got the smallest business. They've got some very big global ones, but we talk to each other about our businesses. We ask each other questions. We reply to each other's questions. And just having those people at my fingertips, um, we, we set it up in WhatsApp, but we often pick up the phone and talk to one another. And so what's great is these people really understand me. They understand my world. They're not my closest friends, as in, because my best friends don't understand this world that I live in, but these people do. And I would really recommend if some of you are listening and you're often doing this on your own, is who who is there that you know that you can you can have these conversations with. I, I do run a, a belief that I'm not in competition with other people and therefore it makes it very easy for me to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. So I would just say, 
And also these people that you choose to talk with don't have to be your neighbors. They don't have to be people that are even in the same county as you. Even I'd, I'd say like having people in different counties would make it way more interesting, even in a different sector at times. I think it makes it really interesting because whilst you go, yeah, but they're beef and they're, we're lamb or they're um, arable and we're poultry, it doesn't matter. I bet you there are common conversations and common problems or successes that you could talk to and support each other with. Interesting. Well, well done. Amy, you've lost one of your colleagues, um, Isaac, uh, with uh, with the Nuffield Scholarship. So the Nuffield Scholarship is a, is a great, uh, uh, or oh, help me, Amy, um, is, is, a, is, a, is a great uh, uh, foundation is the wrong word, uh, facilitation is the, the, the wrong word, organisation that um, um, you, you join and you travel the world to find out more on a particular subject. But it's, um, uh, Kirsty, when, when I've done courses in the past with the likes of uh, Cranfield, they've always been very eloquent about it, saying that you'll learn 50% in the lecture theatres, but you'll learn 50% at the bar because everyone's got the same problem. Um, and if you open up, if you communicate with, with them, you probably find that someone's had the same problem, but actually found a solution for it. Yeah. And you, you'll discuss that over, over a pint, pint of nice. beer and some roasted peanuts. So is that something, um, Amy, uh, Kirsty, that we should also be looking people to, to encourage just to break out from the from farm? It's like my my contact yesterday, Max. I never leave the farm. I never. I'm here the whole whole time. I can't. I can't get away. But I, again, um, Amy, you you must come across some farming businesses who've been a bit like that, but have been able to break away. Break away. Yeah. Um, Amy, yeah. Yeah, it's massively important. It's well for the mental health side of things as well. He's getting away from the getting away from the farm, and and you're absolutely right. Most of the learning happens at the bar in the evening. But um, I think one thing that maybe we haven't touched on is that communication is not obviously just one way. And you get a lot from listening, don't you, Kirsty? If you actually listen and become more observant, it takes away some of the stuff that you actually have to say because you can already pick stuff up from what people are saying and. Um, yeah, I mean, all the discussion groups that I run, that they're just brilliant and, and you build your little community within that discussion group or whatever it is. And then, as Casey says, you, you've got people to lean on then. And you're absolutely right. It doesn't matter what sector of the agricultural industry you're in. People all have the, the same problems and people are just people. Like, it, it annoys me a bit when we brand farmers as farmers all the time. They're just people. They're people. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. And I would say as well, like, um, Amy, just as you said, we've all got similar problems. It's being able to talk about them and ask people like how have they how have they resolved it because we don't have to work out the answer every single time now they're not they're not necessarily going to be able to help you work they, they give you some suggestions but then it's up to you to go right what do i do with that and how do i how do i use it yeah so to team i'm just just thinking of uh, people a bit like like me and unlike our, our as well colleague uh, mark who, who they, they want to learn uh Four or five things off the, off the back yeah. of this uh, this broadcast. So, so not trying to be too defined. Practical tips to effectively create communications in a small business. So, so Kirsty, I love what you say. How do I like to communicate? So, so when you're doing that 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 journey to pick up the kids or milking yeah. or to show, how do I like to communicate? And then thinking on your team members, how do they like to commu communicate? And Kirsty, to ask them, just can we reiterate that again for people that just come in perhaps late to also ask ask them as to how they like to communicate? Yeah, and I'm just trying to find there's some pre pre tools that you can use online I'll, I'll find something max that we can put in the show notes because i think some people might go well i don't know i don't know how i communicate and that's fine but i think just um just become aware mm. of that 
reaction. Yeah. But um, there are some free tools online that you can answer 12, 15 questions and it will give you um, give you a, a, a profile. Yeah. And it's sometimes just, I'm not, they're just useful as a start point in the conversation to go, oh, is that me? Is that how I show up to others? How yeah. does that work? How is that beneficial? And also what, what can I get better at doing? Yeah, yeah. Well, well done. So let, let's keep going on this theme. Yep. Um, Amy, uh, practical tips from, from, from your perspective. Um, I'm, I'm going to throw, throw one at you that you kind of presented to us, that if you think you need professional help, it's, it's probably, it's not that it's too late, but you should have already done it. You should have already brought brought help in. Amy, would I be correct? Mm, yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because people like, especially in family situations, people think or feel that they should be able to sort it out because they're family. But I, I actually, in my experience, think that that is when you need the help the most yeah. because it just seems so difficult to um, to facilitate that. But I also get that um, it's also quite difficult to persuade other family members that to bring somebody external into their family business like that can also be difficult so I think that's when it really when when finding another member of the community the farming community that has done that and it's worked really well can actually yeah. be a really good tool in persuading family members that might not be up for it yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well done in, in my network in East Anglia there's there's three or four uh, very well seasoned individuals who only get work through recommendations because of like that example I gave earlier. They've gone into one big farming unit and created a, a, a solution. It took a while, uh, but they know how to handle themselves and they know how to uh, sensitively handle that that situation. But whether it be uh, the mature father or the, uh, or, or the or the grandson, like they 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 know how to to, to make those changes. And Kirsty, help help us. Any any more practical tips that we can roll with? Um, practical tips on when it comes to communication is know that communication is a dance. So Amy mentioned this <laughs> earlier. So you, I say something to you uh, in a particular way, voice, tone. The other person then receives that information and they're going to process it in their head and they're going to have a reaction to it and then they're going to communicate back out to you. So um, the meaning of your communication is the response that you get. Well the meaning of your communication is the response that you get. So if you say something to someone and they respond to you in a particular way, that's because of how you have communicated. So if they've understood what you've said and they then can action and get on, it's because they've understood you. But if they come back to you with questions, it's probably they're not being difficult. It's they haven't understood the instructions you've given them, for example, or we haven't given the instructions in a way that works for that person even though we're all speaking English sometimes it can feel like we're speaking um English and Swahili because we have a different preference for how we communicate yeah so please don't get triggered if someone comes back to you with questions or get irritated with them it's yeah. because you're probably just speaking different forms of English yeah just here's an odd one. I remember coming across uh, this uh, this technique um, a, a few years ago. Um, I met a management consultant who recommended storming. Uh, that if you have an issue with a family member or a, a team member, you take them into the room and you state that we're going to sort this out. We can shout and swear and do whatever we got to do, but it's going to all come out and it's all going to be left in this room. And when we leave this room, um, if we found a solution, great. If not, um, everything that we talked about. Days in that room, and we call it storming, and it works all the time. Kirsty, Amy, what 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 do you think? To, 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 to me, that's not not my nature. I I don't overly like uh, confrontation, but to go into a room and say 
um, and and to have that and and to expect you to be able to walk out of the room and for that all to be left in there, um, to me that would actually make 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 the problem problem worse. Any, what do you think? That sounds awful to me. Yeah, and and just the word just the word storming. Storming. Well, I think I've come across uh, amazing facilitators and communication experts that do a far better job of that, and and will achieve the same results. Help people get stuff off the chest and get people to a consensus. But it doesn't it doesn't need to be confrontational. It shouldn't be confrontational. I don't think anyway. Yeah. yeah. But, but, but thank you, Amy. But Kirsty, what do you do sometimes when you do need to? You do need to force an issue, um, and, and not obviously not be as aggressive as as storming. But you you you've got someone who who won't capitulate, who won't who won't capitulate. Wrong word. Who who won't um, discuss a problem, and and it's just getting deeper and deeper, uh, putting their head deeper in the sand. How how do you extract them from that? And and that might be one of the reasons why one third of all all farms in the UK have no succession planning. And how do you how do you, how do you create a, a situation a solution in those situations? Man alive, that's a can of worms, isn't it? Um, oh my god. Uh, well, if it's a really big problem do, and it is a real necessity that that conversation is had, do you go to mediation? Do you get a third party in to help you have those conversations? Because it that example you've given it just sounds like people are both parties are unable to to hold the space for the conversation. Yeah. And also people are not trained to do that. Like that's not something yeah. you're built with the DNA to know how to handle those moments. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing you might start with though is if you are very aware of what is going on is gently name it to the other person and go, I am noticing this is happening. Well done. We need to talk about it at some point or uh, this is what I'm aware of. And my concern is if we do not talk about it, these will be the consequences. And if, if the sort of person who you're saying this to is a, a reflector and a deep thinker, you're going to have to leave it there with them so they can walk away and go and ruminate yeah. on it. But yeah. you may have agreed that you'll come back in a week's time and talk to it. Yeah. Whereas if you and I would talk it all out straight away, as would Amy. Yeah. Um, but the others wouldn't. Amy's going to uh, go. Um, Amy, thank thank you very much. It's been great, great having having you on, and uh, we'll, 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 we'll tag, tag you on everything. You've been brilliant. Thank you. So everyone, say goodbye to Amy on the post, on the podcast. Amy's thank going. She's, she's she's going off to run the HDB. Oh, yeah. I always said she was destined to do that. Well done, Amy. Thank you. Just um, um and I suppose it comes back. You never want to get into that sort of aggressive um uh, situation, Kirsty. Do you? And I suppose it goes back to what um um Amy was saying. That's um. Um, and I'm, I'm sort of quite surprised I didn't think about it, that if, if you're thinking of a facilitator to come in, you should have done that before so you don't get to that sort of situation. At the Agri Leader Forum three weeks ago, they had um, one of the one of the speakers. He, he was talking about his mentors, that he's got two mentors, one for business um, and uh, one for himself um, personally. And he was so, so energetic about it. And he was very um open about what what they've done for him and i think yeah. he was, he's feeling quite quite cathartic in the hope that um other people would see that so you don't just have to have um a, a mentor for yourself do you You can have a mentor for for the for the business, business. Yeah. or uh, if, if you're a farm manager or a state director or whatever you can have that mentor coming in to help you as well yes okay yeah yeah i absolutely agree and um in the world of business many of us have mentors coaches um and I think it's a rolls the wrong word. It, it, it's a space that people can go into that is super helpful across across any industry. So um, 
just to help a mentor is someone that has probably done what you're going through before has run an estate run a family business um, has a lot of experience that is of value um, and they are there for you so you either it's a formal or an informal relationship so the informal would be you need to agree to it because you're going to be asking them lots of questions and like seeking their ideas and advice um, and maybe you acknowledge their time and effort like yeah. in a pro bono way in a quid pro quo whereas a formal you can get formal mentors um and you pay them yeah. so and and Kirstie, i'm sure you've seen the same as me in business i find quite a, a a number of industry leaders are sort of commercially lonely um yes. they, they they've got all that pressure everything every, everyone is coming to their their door and it's it's very difficult for them to if they've got a, a oh a, a critical friend an individual that they can in, in, a, in a confidential yes. space talk about uh the issues i got within the business the issues i got with it or, or the positives yes. um to, and you, you, to to have that within your business as uh, as as well if, if it's funny how we're coming around to the same thing that we we all need a kirsty in our life is, is we, well, we all need a um you might call it a coach a mentor a buddy um and it is lonely at the top you hear that very often a lot of chief execs um people that sit on the board feel lonely because they think because they have a perception that they're taking on the running of the business on their own. They've got to make all these big decisions. They've got teams that they need to communicate to. Um, but human beings by nature, even you men out there, we need other people. Like we are, we are pack animals ultimately. And we like to be able to have other people around us, whether that's one, two, 10 or 20. So I would be really encouraging, who is your buddy that you talk to? Who is the person that you can go to for advice um, and that you can, who is there for you and, and vice versa? And is that something that you can be doing for other people in, in your county, in your region, in your area? Yeah. The, the average turnover of CEOs in industry in the UK is 18 months, 18 months. Um, uh, but but it but it's, in some ways it's okay for them because they've got this escape hatch that they can they can bowl off and yeah. take six months off, take some money and go on to the next thing. If you're running a farm, you you can't escape. Um, <clears throat> it's that generational thing, as as you were saying, and you you can't you 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 got to so go back to my friends yesterday. I could just see he was a bit a bit, and I'm gonna. I, I was hoping he would dial into this, and if he doesn't see, I'll, I'll send it on to him. It's I, I think for the the cure for him is to take more time out of the out of the farm i know it's very difficult but also to communicate to have that facilitator to to have someone that they could it, it's not all bad it can be good um yeah. treat try for disasters the two impostors that they are but i'm going to say it again you need a kirsty in your life thank you so come on kirsty how are we going to wrap this up on on the mm. basis of, of everything that that you've learned from the school of facilitation the agri leader sector what what can you what can you impart to us over and above it's a dance and how do i like to communicate how do my team like to communicate what can you impart to us that we can take away that's that's going to really positively challenge us for the rest of the week and we're going to we're going to make a change to ourselves okay here's a challenge for all of you leaders out there is next time you want to tell someone in your team what to do how about ask them a question and listen and get them to tell you what it is they need to do. Because it's very easy as leaders to think it's quicker to tell everybody what to do. And then you end up becoming this 
pivot point in all decision making and in all um, ways of working. And they always come to you and go, Max, can I do this? Max, should I do this? Or how should I do this? And you're forever answering their questions. A good leader asks questions and then listens. Well done. And, and can I put the icing on the cake on that one with my recruitment hat, hat on? One of my clients, he doesn't write job specifications. He, he knows what, roughly what he's after. He'll find the individual and he'll say, you write your business plan for us in the business and we'll support you and just present it to us. And so they present that, that let's call them the candidate, presents that uh, that job spec with, with some changes from, from the board. It's then signed off. And uh, as, as my, my contact says, we never have to manage them. Uh, but if anything, they're managing us because they've written their, they've yeah. told us what they're going to do. And it works so well. It wasn't my idea, it was someone else's idea. So yeah. I love, love what you say in, in co combination with that. Ask them a question. There we yeah. go, everyone. Ask them a question. So, Kirsty, to wrap up, I'm going to ask you a, ask you a question. My frivolous question, uh, as always, what's your what's your favourite colour of tractor, please? Favourite colour of tractor? A red one. <laughs> I just, well, actually, I should have second-guessed that. Yeah, so all red tractors, they go 10% faster because they're, they're red rather than, rather no, than green. Because red's one of my favourite colours, and that's why I wear red lipstick. Boo. Boom. Right. Where can we find out more about you, Kirsty? Um, when you write this book, we challenge you to write okay. this book. I can we find um, out more about you, please. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn as Kirsty Lewis. I'm on Instagram as School of Facilitation. Um, and we have a website, www.schooloffacilitation.com. Excellent. And we'll, and we'll tag you up and down. Kirsty, thank thank you. We need, we need more of you in this sector to help us be better and take us forward yeah. in, in a in a positive manner Kirsty, thank you very much Max, before we go anyone in hampshire that's where i'm based so feel free i'll even you can come and i'll i'll come and hang out with you on the farm for a couple of hours you can teach me what you know and i'll share what i know there you go but that's only if you've got but only if you've got red tractors i can go with other colors excellent Kirsty, you're brilliant thank you very much See thank you, you bye everyone